Hello, friends. Welcome back to At Home with the Lectionary. Thank you for joining us today. Here we are, proper 22 in year C in the lectionary cycle. Which, yes. Mark, I think we kind of said this last time that like, it's a year, but now it's like... It's a really it's like a year. It's birthday year when you've completed I feel like year. we should have some sort of sound effect, yeah. like a ah. cracker. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like the sound effect? <laughs> no, that's that's the little, like, the little party trumpet things, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it not a like... good sound when I've got a bunch of boys or <laughs> I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. That was my that was my party. That was my little party. <laughs> we're off to a good start. I'm gonna keep that. We're not gonna start over. We're we're rolling with this. Okay. We had a hard time recovering. Okay, so we <laughs> She's have got tears from that. Happy laughter. sound effect. Yeah. Hooray. When we started this podcast last year, it was kind of a one off. We're like, let's try it. Why not? It's an hour of our night. We, yeah. We, it's a good use of our time. Yeah. We'll enjoy it. Even if no one listens, we forced ourselves to record like four of them we first. Did, they're like, they're on sure. there still, but they are rough. Uh, just rough recording. I think we used like a phone, and I don't remember what I we don't did. know what I we did. Know. But we really enjoyed it. Yeah, we have been thankful for this past year. Yeah, you know, part of what I enjoy about it is the. I mean, it's so fun to to just do it. I'm glad we do it. But then every once in a while, there's like this unexpected bonus of people saying. Hey, I'm listening, and mm. you know I like it. It's meaningful to me, or whatever they say. Mm-hmm. And uh, just just today, another person said, uh, you know, th- that's been helpful for them. And they enjoy it. So, um, oh, that's yeah. that's exciting. It's it's such a privilege to hear that. Um, it, discussion here has, I don't even know what the right word is, invited listeners to engage with the scriptures um, in ways they otherwise might not be doing. So that is a wonderful gift. And I was going to mention, so last year, complete coincidence, the day we started the podcast happened to be like International Podcasting Day or something. Do you remember that? It was was like then the next day we saw it. So I don't think that's necessarily going on today, but for us, it is the podcast anniversary day. the universe. That's amazing. (laughs) And then like listeners are like, yeah, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) From that? Sound effects, universe. They already took off when I made my weird birthday sound effect. It's okay. It's It's just you and me now, (laughs) hon. Let's turn it to the Word of God. Before we do, though, um, hooray, happy birthday. But before we do, um, yeah, this do we have any is, introductory material have this one week? introductory bit. And it's a weird one, folks, just to give you a heads up. Um, here's the deal. Uh, y'all know, because we've said a number of times in here, that there's track one and track two for the lectionary. Track one uh, is going to kind of... The only thing that's different usually is your Old Testament reading and your response. Uh, so typically a psalm of response. Uh, so track one will have a particular Old Testament reading with a particular response, psalm of response. Track two will have a different one uh, with a different response. Uh, so that that covers, you know, 90-some percent of your option A, option B. However, once in a while, even within a track, you get, you're, you're asked to choose between a couple mm-hmm. things. This is one of those propers where that happens. Proper 22 in year C has two options for the response. And there's a reason for that. I'm just going to be, you know, candid about it. There's no nice way to package it. Uh, it, One of the options for response is Psalm 137. Psalm 137 is a psalm produced in kind of the the worst moment for the nation of Israel. They're in exile. It's brutal. Uh, And one of the verses in it, uh, I think think it is the final verse, verse. is the closing verse, has this... um, Infamous yeah. remark about uh, essentially 
wishing the brutal death of yeah, the, revenge. the little ones, the children, they're the babies of their enemies. And so that, you know, is that still the word of God? Yeah, it is. Um, does God wish that? No, he, he doesn't. Um, so it creates interesting conversation. It's a helpful thing for people to know. Yeah, that's in scripture. And um, man, there's, you know, I had a great conversation with a staff member today about it. Short, short version is kind of to say, uh, you can still have a, an inspired writer writing authentically their desires and expressing them to God without that necessarily meaning that that's representative of the heart of God. A lot of the mm-hmm, things that happen mm-hmm. in scripture are are just their narrative of, of the people that God was interacting with yeah, so rather than, you know. Yeah, it's giving an account of things. Everything right. it doesn't mean there's an endorsement of an everything endorsement. in scripture. Certainly people's behavior and... Now, it gets tricky when we consider that the Psalter is kind of the hymn book of the Hebrew people. And so, you know, you do have to ask yourself, like, well, what do we really think about it, though? And I I like, you mentioned a friend's phrase of something being theologically sound, but dispensationally out of step. Yeah. Right? It was Father Bruce, Father Bruce. Right. So, um, and, and, you know, I hope we're quoting him accurately, but that, that concept to say, yeah, there was a time when... I've got it written. Redemption in. had oh, you have it written down for theologically orthodox, but dispensationally inappropriate with the spirit of Christ. That's that's even better. That, so that's Bruce Walkey. Um, so we'll give him credit for coming up with that. So yeah, Jesus comes along, and there is a better way that is now not only preached and taught, but is accessible. Uh, and that better way is to you know love your enemy. Well, and pray no, for those I would like to you. clarify that that phrase came from. Um, the psalmist in Psalm 139 yeah. saying, do I not hate those who hate you? Same same package here. Psalm 137, Psalm 139. Yeah. But I, I mean, I would not say that it's necessarily theologically orthodox to pray for babies to be dashed upon rocks. Right. No, no, no. You're not saying I'm that. Not I just want to be clear. To pray it. I'm saying right. it's, it's a, uh, well, yeah, it is hard to unpackage this. I guess what I'm saying is that the person is expressing something that mm, no theologically it's not a matter of theology right, right. so right. i'm not sure that term so how does he works. say it again let's use bruce's um, words instead he's saying theologically orthodox but dis- oh, oh, oh. dispensationally inappropriate with the spirit of christ but he's he's talking about um he the, in psalm 139 the psalmist is saying if only you would kill the wicked mm-hmm. oh god so i think i think there there's a sense of Yes, as far right. as the the results of sin are death, and there's a orthodoxy to that and, that is not the, inappropriate with the spirit of Christ. But ju- the yeah, vengeance right. in I think Psalm thirty one thirty seven is a little bit different. There's a, in my opinion, understandable human emotion. Like if we can think of the most devastating invasions, tragedies, genocides in modern history. Maybe that helps us access where these exiles are. They're they're yeah. prisoners of war. They're captive in an enemy country after seeing a siege of many months with starvation, such that people were eating each other. They're, yeah, I mean, I, devastating. I'm I'm going to. I'm not an Old Testament scholar, but I'm I'm going to wager many children brutally killed that they've witnessed. I'm, I'm guessing yeah. this is a. a plea for justice and revenge doesn't 
make it any more comfortable for us to read it right. or access it. But I do think it's helpful to place it yeah. in the midst of human violence and evil and oppression and, and that has been around generation from generation from generation. Yeah. And, you know, at the risk of spending Gosh, more, we weren't more gonna time talk about this our, our, <laughs> yeah, in our like, hey, here's the one we're not going <laughs> to talk about. Um, yeah. Anyways, I think probably it's a bigger conversation than we can give in sort of a, a, a prologue here. But I guess what I wanted to land on was, I don't think I can offer my full explanation of why to me, it's still valid as scripture that that just takes more time than we've got here. Um, but what I do want to say is that as a rector, the, I'm given two options here mm. to read for the response, and, and I would not choose this. Uh, mm-hmm. Not because, and, and I guess what I wanted to say to the listeners, you know, is not because it's not a valid piece of scripture, yeah, right. but because that's not a helpful Moment, way to right. give it to the people to just you know, blandly in the midst of the readings, have this phrase pop out that is going to be highly disturbing and, and cause for many people, they go, wait a minute, that, that's right. important. I didn't know that that was the spirit of scripture is what how they, you know, right. or a well, and even composite. as we see here, even trying to note or discuss it, like the, <laughs> it's just more than you can it's do. It's more and, than you can do. And what you want to say is let's have a conversation yeah. about it, you know, yeah. so please do reach out if, yeah. um, you want further conversation? Certainly, yeah. It. If you're interested in having conversation with us about it, we'd be mm-hmm. happy to receive anything via the email we've got at home with the lectionary at gmail.com. Um, yeah. But my point is just for what we're doing here and what I would do on a Sunday and will do on a Sunday is uh, to choose the Lamentations reading instead. Okay. So, yeah. Well, without further ado, um, that was 10 minutes of introduction. All right. Let's we're do this. Go for this. Let's okay. do, do this. Do we need to re record? <laughs> No, because I don't think I can make that birthday sound again. I know. All right, let's do this. Um, it's my job this time around. I get the chance to uh, open us with the collect appointed for this Sunday. So, Marissa, the Lord be with you. And also with you. And to our listeners, the Lord be with you. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Um, was it, did, on that prayer, does it say, thank you for, for giving us the things? Yeah. Forgiving. Okay, not, I wasn't... Not one po- word, Forgiving. It is one one word. That's what I was I was wondering. This part that says, "Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us, as in forgiveness, forgiving us those things of which our conscience yeah. is afraid." Okay, yeah. it was just uh, hard to catch that on we were audio. My my prayer was dispensationally not in <laughs> harmony know. with the spirit of Christ or something. I was just trying to wrap my mind around it, being like, "Oh, con- things our consciences are afraid." pricked all sorts of things. But um, let's turn to our gospel reading for today, which is from Luke chapter 17. Uh, Not too far from where we left off last week. We finished, we closed out chapter 16 last last week. So the lectionary skips us over Jesus's teaching um, about the millstone around um, the neck of one 
who causes a little one to stumble and forgiveness and, and forgiving seven times. I I'm sure it picks it up it's somewhere else. I think it's probably yeah. elsewhere. So we will skip over that. Um, and this is the apostles responding beginning in verse five it says the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. If you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, the Lord said, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Which one of you having a servant tending sheep or plowing will say to him when he comes in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat. Instead, will he not tell him, prepare something for me to eat, get ready and serve me while I eat and drink. Later you can eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? In the same way, when you have done all that you were commanded, you should say, we are worthless servants. We've only done our duty. Here ends the reading. Not a very upbeat ending there, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Let me just turn it over to you. <laughs> Actually, what jumps out to me is the, the address of the mm-hmm. apostles said to the right. Lord, rather than, I mean, even just earlier in the chapter, it says he said to his disciples. Well, and so, also earlier in the chapter, it's, it names him as Jesus. So we, we jump over to the apostles said to the Lord from Jesus said to his disciples at the beginning yeah, I mean, of the chapter. Textually, that's, so that's interesting. That's really o- odd. <laughs> so I don't know what to make of that. That would just be interesting to explore a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious. I would be interested to know as someone who was preparing to preach on this, if they were digging deep, is verse five a response to Jesus's teaching? Do we have any textual indicators? Is this they're hearing about the yep. call for forgiveness words, and their responses say, increase our faith increase or is, our or faith. is this a separate conversation? Yeah. Do we have a sense of that? How does it compare to the other gospels? Um, what's the flow here? The narrative flow? Yeah. But- yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, I'm, I'm having not studied it at all. Yeah, just as I, I read it, it feels like that's a pretty hard break there. Right. Um, I mean, I would have put a new chapter, but they, you know, it's too too soon for another yeah, chapter. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's interesting, too, this, I mean, if you're preaching this, this is, uh, you know, this is him saying, if you had faith like a mustard right. seed, you know, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea and it would obey you, which is an odd statement in so many ways. I was going to say, it's so odd. It's so, it's so colloquial, faith of a mustard seed. Yeah. You can even like buy little mustard seed necklaces that talk about faith. Really? You know, no yeah. Idea. And certainly has been used in all sorts of ways to say, have more faith and you can do anything. I I would want to know, would this have been strange in so many ways to his original listeners? Right. Would, was this pulling on something accessible for them? Were they walking by a mulberry tree and he points at it? Right. Uh, what is the context for what? this? You why, know? why that image? It's so loaded with religious connotation for us now. Yeah. I mean, certainly but, it's this image of kind of something incredibly small, right? So it's the mm-hmm. familiar item. And something incredibly deeply rooted, I think, right? I have a little note about the mulberry tree here. Oh, the mulberry tree. Yes, it's well, I mean, the mustard seed is what I like. It's a fruit tree that grows about 20 feet tall and has black juicy berries. <laughs> it has an extensive root system. So to pull it up would be a major operation. Yeah. And also, you know. A tree just uprooting and going to the sea is impossible. Right on its own. So by yeah, voice there's command, there's a hyperbole and other things going on here. Well, but. there is, and it's it's just a. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just my sense of humor, but I listen. I read that, and I'm like, man, if I had faith like that, 
I, I would find better uses for it than just uprooting mulberry trees, you know? Right. Of course, it's well, a that's why image. it makes me curious. Is it, yeah. is it something colloquial for them? Is it something at hand? What I, does it mean? What is going what on here? Mean? As always, that's the brilliance of Jesus is that he doesn't give it to you straight. Because if if you did, I think one, we'd just run with it and, and abandon him and we, we'd lose the connection piece of it. But and, also we'd just do, we would just do weird things with it. So and why, well, we still do. We have. We still do. And why does he go on to tell this, give this example of the Which unprofitable of servants. Like, is there a sheep? flow there? I can't catch the thread there yeah. of how those things connect. What does that mean? Because the following verse, verse 11, is another transition. Now on the way to Jerusalem. So it sounds like this little unit we've read today happened here. Yeah. does appear to be somewhat self-contained. So why? Why does Luke put these together? I mean, if I had to take a stab at it, so just be clear for our people who are listening and don't have it in front of them, right? Um, Jesus, they say, increase our faith. He says, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you could do strange things, impossible things. Then he immediately says, which of you having a slave, uh, when he comes in, will say to that slave, come immediately and sit down to eat? No, but instead he says to him, prepare something for me to eat, properly clothe yourself, serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you may eat and drink. Um, so is, I, I, if I had to take a stab at it, I think there's this sense where they say increase our Mm -hmm. faith and maybe what they really mean is increase us. Maybe there's a humbling message for them there of like, you know, it's not about you increasing. It's about, you know, John the Baptist style, like he must increase, I must decrease. Or I wonder too, I don't know, like I, I'm struggling with this because I don't know. I would want to yeah. hear the sermon on this because I'm like, I don't really know what to do with these. I've heard them preached. I, I as a very young, zealous Christian, really latched on to this idea of an unprofitable servant. Okay, I don't so know why. Take us to that. That's the closing verse. Can you read it again? Yeah. Um, uh, the translation I happen to have in front of me says, so you too, when you've done everything you were commanded to do, should say we are slaves undeserving of special praise. In other translations, it's unprofitable servants. In NASB, it's we are unworthy slaves. We have only done what was our duty. So, you know, I kind of, um, in a spiritually driven way, mm. received that as a kind of, who am I that I could have anything to lay before the Lord at his feet, like unprofitable servants. Maybe there's some theological orthodoxy there in that. No, the Lord doesn't need our labors. He doesn't, he is the cattle on a thousand hill. He's doing what he's doing. We are not essential to his plan in that sense. Uh, But I think there's an undercurrent of, uh, well, servant slavery mentality to that, as opposed to the sonship that we're taught in the mm-hmm. New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, so taken out of context, I'm I'm not sure what to do with that. Same with the parable of the, or the, the illustration of the mustard seed. But I do wonder if, you know, whether verse five, when they say increase our faith, is a request in response to this task of forgiveness Right. Or not. It seems like his but response. The task of forgiveness for our listeners, that, that was what Jesus had just said prior to right, the reading. We skipped over it. Seven, you know, somebody sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, then you forgive him. Yes. That, that's the verse prior. So it, 
you know, I've heard this preached before where people say, well, when, when we hear that impossible task of forgiveness, that's why their responses increase our face. This kind of blows their mind. Like okay. we can't do that. I don't know if that's true yeah. or not. Um, I would be curious to see how the other gospels place this. Is it always following that? I would be interested to compare with yeah, exactly. how Jesus uses the mustard seed elsewhere about the kingdom, yeah. things like that, contextual things. But as I look at this, I think their response, whether it's to a spiritually impossible task or whether it's just out of the blue, is that they want more of something spiritual. They want more faith. Hmm. They feel like they need more or this is what they're going to pray. And um, Jesus's response sounds either, I think I've heard this preached almost as like, look how valuable faith is. If you just had a little bit, you could move mountains and plant trees and stuff. But I wonder if he's either saying, look, you don't have any faith to begin with, (laughs) you know, or something. I don't know if there's a rebuke there or if paired with an unprofitable servant, there's kind of a like, you're asking the wrong question. Like your role is not to have faith to do amazing things. But well, to do the tasks I've given you to do, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, to me, it reads like, uh, yeah, very little faith is required. You know, you, you don't need to have. You don't need to worry about to having extra faith. faith. Or you something. just need to have faith, kind of a sort yeah, of thing. Just have but, faith, and and it's about the master, not about the servant. But I, don't I think know. part of what it stirs up the questions in me too is like, but why does he then offer a cryptic um, kind of consequence of having faith? Like, why is it the mulberry right? bush? Like, why not say? If you had just a little bit of faith, a mustard seed of faith, then you too could heal the sick. You too could, you know, raise the dead. Like he's well, and the thing do. is, they they do heal the sick when he sends them it out. That's right. Yeah, but why not say that? You know, why? Yeah, I why, don't know. The, he's doing something specific here. Um, I, yeah. we, I I would be very well, curious to, to hear it. that. We I don't have to say, solve yeah, it. That's a, that's an oddity. How it lands with fresh with me today yeah. as I read it on its own is I'm imagining them walking along, seeing this. Seeing which? Seeing a mulberry tree, okay. <laughs> you know? Um, and and Jesus using that as an illustration. And you just say, to this mulberry tree. Yes. And as an uh, to make his point of, I mean, you do need faith in the kingdom. <laughs> but maybe, yeah. maybe the sense of like asking for more or asking maybe... This idea of, you know, work harder to have more faith and then things could happen. Yeah. And there's a sense of it's not about the quantity, you yeah. know, like faith is not measured like that. It's yeah, not it's increased. Not it's like a, that. if you have it, you, you, you have, have it. it. Yeah. That's how I feel about this as well. That's my perception is kind of a, it is enough, you know, mm-hmm. and you use what you have rather than kind of wanting more and the following story the illustration leaves the implication that there's something about this request that hidden in it is a desire for their reputation or honor i think you had referenced that you know because potentially yeah something about that i don't know Ah, this is mysterious to me. So somebody out there preaches a sermon on this. Send me the link, please. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. Um, Um, It probably won't be me. I don't know. I mean, honestly, when I look at that, unless I have some revelations as I dig through, you know, texts or something, uh, I I honestly, I don't know. This is hard We've got the introduction to 2 Timothy. Right. Okay. Let's jump over there. Let's find out what we've got over there. So So far, we're like... (laughs) 
over oh, oh we got a psalm where we're like that's yeah, we're hard like, <laughs> this one like <laughs> the ooh, sweating it a little bit all the hard ones <laughs> this isn't the one about the women right we're not headed to is that in timothy we'll get there don't worry we'll get there um okay not all in one week <laughs> <laughs> not all the same time okay. this is or do put them all at the same time and just let the rector know and then you know you're kind of like i'm on vacation that week <laughs> all Ooh. right we've got we've got people who could preach these lessons of course just, it's always worth that, but... reading i mean i'm half joking but there's a sense that no we don't ever get to the point where we're like we've we've got it all and i think it minimizes scripture if we're like we've got pat answers for everything we can explain it or when we pretend that there aren't difficult or uh, difficult to understand or reconcile that's right segments now we're here to wonder off the cuff so wow we're very very much got to do that so far well this should be a little bit more straightforward i think here we go (laughs) this is uh second timothy chapter one verses one through fourteen Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you, even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, But join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to his works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life into immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher." For this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Retain the standard of sound words, which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Here ends the reading. Hmm. Yeah, that would be a nice one to preach. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly, certainly easier than we've looked at so far. <laughs> but that would be a nice one to preach, just because you're going to have several Sundays where you walk through Second Timothy. Yes, and, and we've been in First Timothy, so yep. it could be nice to capture that. Could be in there. And, you know, spend a few Sundays on it. I'm, I'm looking. We've got one, two. I don't know how many Sundays it stays in there. Three. Well, and this is, you know, Paul's second letter to Timothy, his dear child. Now, I've got um, this page all marked up in the Bible because I did a Bible study. Beth Moore did, I think it's called Entrusted, one of her, I'll link to it. Sounds right. And I think it's on Second Timothy. I might be getting the title. It's been a while. But apparently, while you're you're talking, I, uh, 
this first chapter had some things I wanted to note in yeah. the scriptures. So you I'm going to, I'm going to reference a couple just because um, <laughs> I'm sure. So this is, I believe this is what it's coming from. I did not cite my notes, but I'm pretty sure it was from that Bible study. Um, so it goes back and I'll link to it. Um, but the, the thing I noted down here is in verse seven, when um, it says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Um, the word for cowardice, and I'm, I don't have the Greek in front of me, but I'm going on having writ- written this in the text right here and linked it to it, that Dela is going to be the word there. It's, it's um, not like fear as in anxiety, per- per- paralysis, but okay. it, t- timidity. Yeah, that's how and the cowardice. NASB did it, timidity. And our English word coward comes from this has got to be Bethmore. A it bob is, a bobtailed hair running away from you. A bobtailed hair running away. I don't know if that's the actual that's, etymology, that's, that's but I wrote that down. Maybe our, it was just a word, picture. Timidity? Coward. Coward. Oh coward. Coward. Maybe it was an example bob-tailed she used, but I think hair. that's kind of funny to see a little, <laughs> a little bunny. Little, Bunny running away. And if you ever watch them run, they really do. They They, they run and hide. And um, the point, the point she's driving at here that I found noteworthy when I was doing the study is that it is that, that fear and timidity that becomes the root of all our control issues. Um, Whether it's a powerlessness or an abusive power, whether it's um, a desire to control others instead of self-control, as as he says here, for God does not give us a spirit of fear, uh, but of power and love and self-control. There's lust or hate instead of love. Paul is saying in the Lord, it's not those things that motivate us. And I love how then it's linked to verse eight. Hmm. Um do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord or of me, a prisoner for his sake, but by God's power, accept your share of suffering for the gospel. And that power is an achieving, capable power. It's dunamis, which we get the word dynamite, dynamite from. Yeah. And dynamic. so, I mean, there's different seeds of encouragement there for when you can imagine Timothy, who's been kind of left to do a challenging work. Where he's mm. left. He's, mm. we know he's relatively young. He's, he's working in a, in a, context with problems that he needs to help sort out and uh, an environment that is pagan and antithetical to the gospel and what he's trying to do. And so when I think of this, this promise of God's power to the power of dynamite versus the, the hair running away, yeah, you know, from the, the calling is, is Dahlia. Dahlia. Yeah. Dahlia. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. I think so. That's what I just here. think it's great that there, there, there's alliteration between the two. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's so that'll preach, right? That'll, that's yeah, that's spirit of Dahlia and spirit of dynamite. Um, and, and there's a sense that Timothy has been entrusted with the things needful to do this calling. I mean, that's how it, it closes this section from the lectionary, right. protect that good thing entrusted to you through the Holy Spirit, guard it. Why Beth Moore named the study that. I think so. I would imagine. That's yeah. verse 13, uh, verse 12. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. and lots of interesting 14, things actually. there. That word occurs mm-hmm. twice in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day, which is an interesting phrase. From yes, Paul. which is controver- controversial. Like mine says, what has been entrusted to me until that day. There's some, some textual confusion question. because it's really like he's able to guard my entrustment. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, is that what that Paul's interested to him? Was he as interested to me? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, but certainly there's a wordplay going on with verse 14. The right, thing which then to you. for our listeners says, guard. So he, Paul says, he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him or my entrustment mm-hmm. until that day. There's Then verse 13. And then verse 14 says, you guard, Timothy, yeah. you guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, this is also a picture of, I just love when we see glimpses of Paul's affection, if we can camp on that because he gets such a reputation for harshness. But here he is remembering, I remember your tears, he says in verse four, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. He, he, Timothy is beloved. He's tender toward him. He remembers his sincere faith. He knows Timothy's grandmother and mother. Um, real people Mm. behind these pages and um i love the legacy timothy has uh grandmother and mother yeah 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 it would just be an interesting one as i looked at the lectionary we've got four sundays in second timothy Mm. and it could just be interesting to camp there to use your phrase there just camp in second timothy and capture some of both paul who comes through so much in such a personal letter. Right. This is not one of his letters to the churches. This right, is a personal it's an individual. Letter. Yeah. Um, capture so much of Paul. And of course, through that, sketch a portrait of Timothy. Uh-huh. I mean, fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, um, you ready to move on? Sure. Okay. I mean, so, kind of never kind and of always, never. right? Like, okay. <laughs> it's not going to get any easier the more we look at it, right? You always always want to keep peeling back layers. So we're going to be in Lamentations for the response and the Old Testament. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think, I mean, it feels out of step then to do it this way, but that's okay. We'll yeah. just stick with what we do. So this is um, the response. So this would be, typically it's a psalm, but it... It's not always Sometimes a song. It, yeah, that's right. The idea is it's a response to the Old Testament the Old reading. Testament reading. Mm-hmm. So this part is really like that we do it out of order is possibly unhelpful. That, that's what I was it's just saying. Just, I mean, all, all the time, not especially today, but <laughs> all the time, maybe. <laughs> but um, let's do it anyway. Okay. So yeah. Psalm Lamentations, chapter three, beginning at verse 19 through verse 26 will be familiar to you. Yeah, it says, remember my affliction and my homelessness, the wormwood and the poison. I continually remember them and have become depressed. Yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say, The Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Here ends the reading. Beautiful text. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, what were you reading from? That's the CSB. CSB, okay. Uh, I, I don't know. There's a certain affection I have for some of the terms <laughs> that we're missing there. So I'm well, feel free to say them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like yeah. Just even wormwood and my gall affliction <laughs> and my wandering. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. the wormwood and bitterness, or the wormwood and gall. Yeah, um, 
But the NET says my impoverished and homeless condition. Yeah, I knew it would say something like that. <laughs> something I, just like this poetic. is not when I would turn to the <laughs> NET. Its poetic value for me is very low. But I've got the NASB in front of me right now, and the RSV. Uh, the NASB is not particularly poetic either. So I would like the ESV or the NIV right now, and I don't have either. <laughs> Woe is me. Oh, I'm not going to say the wormwood and the gall. But um, this is this is an incredibly low. I mean, the, the whole book of Lamentations, you know, is a sort of, I, I think it's a book that many Christians sort of forget is in the Bible mm-hmm. um, or think of as, you know, that's, yeah, it's something. Kind of like Amos of or these other ones, another small book near the prophets or it something. Is, but I think you it's, know, you know, I think it's, think it's not re- a prophetic it's not. book. I think it just gets relegated it, to that. It just gets shuffled in people's minds, I think, yeah. kind of out of existence. So I, I commend it to people just because... Um, similar but much more digestible than what we were saying about Psalm 137 in our intro. Lamentations captures something. Mm-hmm. I would I would compare it maybe to Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. It's a book that captures something that we forget perhaps too easily in our privileged state is also a part of the Christian life. It is. Uh, sorrow, disappointment, uh, hope in, in God, in His relief and His mercy, but to hope desperately in implicit in that is or intrinsic to that is the fact that you don't have this thing you need you know you're you're without and god lets that happen at times so um i I mean there's phrases like if he causes grief then he will have compassion according to his abundant loving kindness for he does not afflict willingly Mm -hmm. you know um there's just yeah, there's there's a lot to ponder in the book of well, Lamentations or to feel. There is, through. and you know, this is also placed in the time around the exile, the suffering we were talking about. Um, when Jerusalem was destroyed, the people were sent were destroyed or sent into exile. There was siege, there was destruction, and thinking of our verse in the Psalm of crying for vengeance, you also have here such incredible grief. Like I was looking Mm. for, um, in chapter two, um, Jeremiah says, my eyes are worn out from weeping. My stomach is in knots. My heart is poured out on the ground due to the destruction of my helpless people, children and infants faint in the town squares. Children say to their mothers, where are food and drink? They faint like a wounded warrior in the city squares. They die slowly in their mother's arms. And I, I believe somewhere else and I, I don't have, it here, but there, the prophet says, "I'll cry out um, on the streets for the the children." And so, I think uh, there's a certainly there's language here for the deep pain we experience as individuals. Certainly, there's language here for the unbearable injustices we witness. Yeah. The this level of horror that goes on around the globe and I think also helps us uh, recognize the human responses in those situations. Like if, if we're going to deal with the unwelcome, confusing harshness of Psalm 137, I think we also need to look at the, it's maybe more welcome and palatable, but the, the deep grief experienced in the ability to name the horrors of war and is the horrors of war. Yeah, and the um, violence of these, we have violent cultures ourselves, but certainly the 
ancient Near East, the violence of the cultures, the sieging and the warfare. So, yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, as we're, as we have it in front of us, I'm just mm. skimming. You skim it, right? Yeah. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, it's, it's one thing to express sorrow, but, um, you know, you think of genuinely, you think of PTSD as a concept mm-hmm. and he's just, he's just processing the most dramatic PTSD. The things that he's seen are awful. It is, yeah. it is just utter despair. People in their desperation doing terrible things. So, yeah. um, I don't even want to list it into the podcast, honestly, but, Lamentations is I don't, it's a, you know, a book I don't know of if it's lament. like a dark yeah. book. It just is exactly that it is a book of lament, and uh, it it recounts cause for lamentation as well. It does, and this is yeah. after a lifetime of prophesying that this will come, but with the knowledge from the beginning. You remember <laughs> that they won't friends, listen. We've been working through yeah. Jeremiah, yeah, in the lectionary, been working through Jeremiah, and we open with that very word that, and I I feel like that's got to be an important gift that God gave Jeremiah was the knowledge that his words would not work, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. Uh, lest he get to this point, the point of lamentations and think, I failed or something. What did I do? (laughs) Why did I bother doing this? Like in the words of, you know, Psalm 73, you know, did I keep myself pure for nothing? Yeah. You know, why have I bothered? Well, and it's, I mean, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet for, for this, like weeping. um, And this is a, poem really right it's is it acrostic is that what it's called when Portions it uses it. each I don't, letter of, of the alphabet not all of it so yeah. putting into this beautiful poetry able to be memorized according to some of the stand the structure yeah and i think not i think it's sufficient to sit with the loss and grief on the pages tiny footnote i think it's maybe helpful for those of us when we remember the stories of jeremiah or even ezekiel who from Mm. the beginning the lord's like i'm giving you a forehead of flint because nobody's gonna listen to you you're gonna go to the house of israel and they're not gonna listen and ezekiel Mm. also prophesied during this time and went into exile with the people he went to babylon with the people jeremiah stayed with them stayed behind with the remnant and went to egypt but ultimately but um i think it's a good reminder that when we as Believers, particularly in um, religious communities, Mm. declare the word of the Lord in that sense, the truth of his word, his written word revealed, people aren't going to listen. And the, the fulfillment of that task is not based on whether people listen and respond. Like, I do think we tend to be results based. So we're like, great did a good job. People listened, people responded, people came, the church grew, whatever it may be, even if it's not in the unhealthy church growth, church growth way, if it's just in a way of like, that's how we know what we do matters. There's a sense that the Lord was commissioning prophets to continue to do this and people wouldn't listen. Yeah. And certainly Jesus warns us that people will reject it. And he's not just talking about the world. (laughs) I mean, these are in within the religious community, like won't be interested. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, let's let's read our last reading as well. Okay, okay. it's also from Lamentations. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like it, we we don't necessarily leave this text true. in order That's to get good. to it. That's so you. It's yes. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to read. I, I found it here in the ESV. I, I like it for this one. It's what's familiar to me. Here we go. This is uh, Lamentations chapter one, 
verses 1 through 6. How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow she has become, she who was great among the nations. She who was a princess among the provinces has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night. With tears on her cheeks, among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into exile because of affliction and hard servitude. She dwells now among the nations, but finds no resting place. Her pursuers have all overtaken her in the midst of her distress. The roads to Zion mourn, for none come to the festival. All her gates are desolate, her priests groan, her virgins have been afflicted, and she herself suffers bitterly. Her foes have become the head, her enemies prosper, because the Lord has afflicted her for the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone away, captives before the foe. From the, daughter of Z- from the daughter of Zion, all her majesty has departed. Her princes have become like deer that find no pasture. They fled without strength before the pursuer. Here ends the reading. It's poetic, but it also tells the mm-hmm. story, you know, that sets the whole book up. Yeah, I mean, you can... If I activate my imagination, I'm I'm thinking of him. He's composing this. These are all things he's witnessed. This is right. what he's framing are literal events, even if it's not happening yeah. in a narrative sequence that's happening. And I think it's, we get a description of the devastation clearly. And I also want to place it within the narrative of the history of God's people. This was not the way it was supposed to turn out. You know, Abraham, David, they had this covenant of promise that they would be a great people, they would be a great nation, that through them the whole earth would be blessed. Like this is their identity as God's special yeah. treasure. So it is the end in this moment for them of the nation, the kingdom, yeah. the dynasties, it's at an end. But it's also this the dream, the core identity is in pieces. Like they were utterly abandoned. And and yes, there's the prophecies leading up to it. There's the promise if they can find the threads of that. Um, But this is a a loss on so many levels. Yeah. It's, it's uh, thorough. It's a complete loss. And yeah, it it reaches into every piece of, of their being. I think it's the, you know, as he describes it, it's the sort of thing that, um, I think of it as disorienting, like in the, in the full sense of the word. Mm-hmm. Like, what then do you turn to yeah. to understand, to make sense of anything? I, there's nothing left. Is kind of what it, the feeling I get from it. It's, I I think it's Im- impressive how he's able to compose it in such a way that it's very clear what happened, and also it's all drawn up through. Um, poetry. I mean, it's yeah. a poetic way of telling the story. For me, it's very striking. It's actually very distracting in mm-hmm. a helpful way. I, I mean, I can't read those six <laughs> verses without my my brain right. kind of is, it's hard to even kind of stay in the podcast here, you yeah. know, because that's, it's just so illustrative and powerful. And I just, I want to make sad. the observation. It's sad is what I want to say. So I want a sad. feeling word. It's sad. Yeah, it's so sad. I want to make the observation that there's 
draws us in. It pulls us. I think there's a longing when we witness the way things are not supposed to be to recount that. And that sometimes just recounting that is enough. There isn't the like theological conclusion, the application. It's just, he's just naming the devastation he's witnessed. That's lamentations. And I, others have made this observation in more profound ways. I'll link again to, we read it a few weeks ago. The Lord is my shepherd. Not that book. The Lord is my courage is what it's called. (laughs) Um, and I think other similar authors have have reminded us of the importance of lament. I think that doesn't come intuitively in contemporary church culture. We don't really know how to sit and lament yeah. very well. Well, our friend um, whom we've already mentioned, Bruce Waltke, he, I'm fairly certain, I should look it up before I say this, but I think he actually wrote a book on the Psalms of lament. That would be great to link to. If, yeah. if he did, I will put that in. Uh, because he is, uh, well, I mean, as expert as maybe you could find a contemporary expert yeah, on the Psalms and absolutely. Old Testament. It was such a surprise to me while you're looking it up when yeah. I, in seminary days, I took a distance education course. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Mm. And one of them was on the Psalms. And so it was a whole semester on the Psalms. But <laughs> this was 20 years ago. So it was like, I got my tape and I <laughs> listened to <laughs> tape. Might have wow. been CDs. I can't remember. Yeah, some right, of them were tapes, right. some of them were CDs. Absolutely. I listened to the lectures. I did the assignments. And I left the course. And it was in a, in a personally really formative as well as very interesting and probably... I don't know, 15 years later when we were out here, um, Dr. Bruce Waltke had started coming, participating in the life of our parish. And I was going through some old seminary things and I found that coursework and who was the professor, but Bruce Waltke. And it was a delight to be able to go up to him and say, I was one of your students. <laughs> so funny. Didn't even know it. Well, here's another full circle in that sense. Yeah. Um, I'm currently teaching in our uh, uh, a course at the church where I serve called um, just biblical literacy. Mm. And um, so we're, we're covering a variety of topics, one of which is um, canonicity. Where did, the, where did we get these books mm-hmm. from? And I unearthed an essay that I wrote 17 years ago. <laughs> and as I was reading through it, I was I checked some of my sources and stuff uh, and footnotes, and lo and behold, one of the texts that had been very helpful to me was I think it was called "Where did Where did we get our Bible?" or something like that by Bruce, and it was a it was in a, a periodical, uh, some sort of magazine, Christian history Love or something it. like that. Well, he did he did along with uh, Erica Moore and James Houston, uh, but his name is the foremost on it in how it's listed. I don't know if. The, what that means, but it's called the Psalms as Christian lament. So yeah, that is, we'll that's out that there. As well. And he's been, he's working on the Psalms right now as well, a shorter commentary for the Psalms. So um, he would be the person that you would want to ask and say, about Psalm 137. Psalm 137. Yes. Yeah. Um, he, I'm sure he would have a great answer and it would not be uh, putting a bow on it in an in appropriate mm-hmm. way. Like we said, so if I can um, find an excerpt in uh, his commentary, I will. Maybe That's cut and idea. paste that, yeah. speaking to that specific psalm, if that would be a help in the notes. We'll see. That's a good idea. Well, um, I I think if, I'm going to say this, and disclaimer, I'm not trying to put a bow on this because I think we've had hard lessons here, Timothy being the exception. Um, and 
I think there's something fitting about just letting it be Mm -hmm. sad, you know? Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining us for the sad podcast here. Um, And just leaving it there. And yet, so not to fix any of that, and yet um, our new practice is to return to the collect. I that last time, yes. I just think the collect, I'm going to preach it before we read it, which is backwards, but I want us to land and leave it with the collect itself. But I just want to say that one of the things, I've always loved this particular collect from the Mm -hmm. very first time I heard it. What I appreciate appreciate about it is that in a way it's saying the, the brokenness and the the lack that we experience and the disappointments that we have in this life are more a reflection of what we have done as humans with life by far than they are a reflection of the desires of God. Mm-hmm. And um, so this colleague says that better hmm. than I just said that for sure. Marissa, since I read it on the intro, won't you pray us out? Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, our Savior who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And here's to the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. our Savior. Amen to that. Well, brothers and sisters, thank you, friends, for listening and joining us. Thank you. And thanks for a year of conversations about the scriptures. What a delight. What a delight. Absolutely. We're looking forward to uh, kicking off a new year next time with you guys here on At Home with the Lectionary. Until then. Water level rising, living almost broke All the politicians have gone up in smoke You take up your cross, I'll take mine We'll go up to higher ground and wait out the time Jesus, don't pass us by Jesus, don't tarry now Some say you won't return Jesus, it might as well be be troubled for the Bible to say War tribulation will greet the final day Brother share the gospel Sister do the same Sing the saintly chorus till we join that refrain Jesus don't pass us by Jesus don't tarry now Some say you won't return Jesus, it might as well be